Are you an independent musician? How would you like to have your songs played on hundreds of radio stations just like the one you're listening to right now? Join MusicSubmit.com and we'll promote your music to radio stations and blogs in your genre. It's free to set up your account and we guarantee your music will be considered for airplay by radio stations worldwide. Why not sign up today? It's free. MusicSubmit.com. Radio promotion for indie musicians. Hello, this is G.E. Shaw once again. If you've been thinking about learning how to get into a new career, dealing with podcasting, online radio, streaming radio, all the different names out there, you ought to try out my friends at Anchor. That's www.anchor.fm. They they give you the best of everything for podcasting, especially people who just started now. Unlimited free hosting, which means you don't pay for it. One-click distribution. And this one-click distribution gets you to all the major players out there. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, every platform out there. Anchor does all the work. Monetization for podcasts, something new that Anchor has just bought on. If you want your listeners out there listening to you, and they love listening to you, have them make a donation. That's Anchor. And you can record from everywhere. Anchor, www.anchor.fm. Check it out. You won't forget it. This is G.E. Shaw, Mixar Radio. See you later. A young black body lies on the ground. A crimson halo round his head. His mother screams, echo in the night, distilled through all the tears they shed. An alabaster face thrust upon your screen, saying, no, there's nothing wrong. A heartless voice in a soulless choir, singing loud their hateful song. Let's stand against fear And make our voices heard Love conquers hate A bright young girl In her backward home Struggles to get through the day Condemned outright by her parents hate because she doesn't live their way they sent her off to her torture camp who said her love was just a choice she suffered their abuse and ignorance until she had to quiet the noise Let's stand against fear And make our voices heard Love conquers hate So let's take them all down one by one Just to undo the damage they've done And we 
Hello there, this is G.E. Shaw, and this is Mixar Radio Tonight. On today's show, we have we are launching a new show, Ronnie and Friends. So just sit back, relax, and tune in. Ronnie will be talking to a good friend of hers, Forrest Stanowski. Be back in a few minutes. This is G.E. Shaw, and this is Mixar. Radio Tonight. This is Intentions. Amino Dominique Beats. And coming up is Miss Ronnie Deshay and her friend, Boris. have Ronnie Deshay here hosting her first show and her friend Forrest Samoski. I hope I'm spelling your name, sounding your name right. Closer than most people get it actually. You're fine. (laughs) Okay. So basically uh, how you doing Ronnie? Oh I'm doing just fine. I am so excited to be here tonight with this first show where I get to run my mouth for an hour. <laughs> and Forrest, tell me a little bit about you. Well, I am a social worker by day and 
uh, kind of uh, in process of retiring from being a drag queen at night. Uh, I recently published my first uh, book of poetry in May of last year and working on three other projects. Hopefully they will all get done this year. Uh, that sounds good. And with that note, I'll let Ronnie take it away. Thank you. Wow, Boris, it is so good to have you here tonight. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Well, now, glad to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into all of the writing and everything, I wanted to ask you, you're retiring from being a drag queen? Say it is so. <laughs> Um, it's just a thought. I have taken a break from it a little bit. I am going to still make appearances and stuff like that, but my focus right now, I just started a new position in my social work life. Um, I'm focusing on that, and I just finished a title with the, the International Court System uh, with the Imperial Sovereign Court of Tacoma as its empress last, you know, I stepped down in November, as you know. And I really haven't focused a lot on me or my writing in that process in that time. And that's something that has been a big goal of mine to start focusing on more. Um, performing every weekend, sometimes two or three times a weekend, um, takes away from that time. So maybe not retire per se, but Victoria will probably come out once a month more than like once every weekend. <laughs> It'll take a step back a little bit. Got you. <laughs> um, yes, Forrest has um, been a performer and uh, a title holder with a nonprofit organization here in Tacoma. And this organization is actually, you know, all around the country. And Forrest has spent the last how many years? Um, with Ingrid's on Court of Tacoma, you see you guys drafted me, for lack of a better term, back in 2001, when I first moved here. Um, almost 20 years then that you've been... Almost 20 years, yeah. He has um, been holding titles and uh, serving the community of Tacoma. Mm-hmm. As Lady Tacoma Oh. I haven't heard of the lady part in a long time. No one calls me a lady anymore. Well, I'm probably going to go old broad now. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 probably going to go old broad now. <laughs> well, I wish I could say why that's, I never get called a lady, but we all know that's not the reason. <laughs> When I was very young, I wrote a lot of poetry, but the older I got, it just seemed like very difficult to get what I wanted to say out in something that, you know, could even remotely be considered a poem. Do you write poetry by choice, or is that just how your mind works? Actually, that's a very good question. For me, poetry has always been second nature. Um, it's always been my voice of reason. Um, 
I started writing poetry when I was 12 years old due to a middle, middle school teacher who was trying to help me out during a, a really rough time in my life. So she introduced me, of course, she's an English teacher, uh, to the work of poetry. And she challenged me to write, uh, this is going to be a little personal, she challenged me to write about my experience with a recent suicide attempt that I had during that time. Oh. And uh, for a 12 year old, you're thinking, ah, that's a little much, but you know, it really did help. It opened up a process of healing that even counseling wasn't doing for me at that time. And, you know, in some ways, it, it saved my life. And I was able to write more and more and more. And she kept on pushing me, even when I was in high school, she kept on making sure I was in her loop of contest. And um, I won a few contests at, in the San Diego school district area, uh, San Diego County. Um, growing up, I just put writing kind of to the side and just did it as a hobby, didn't focus on it as much. Um, part of that is because I had another English teacher, so you never listen to the naysayers. Uh, another English teacher who um, told me I couldn't. Hmm. And as I got older, you know, I had a lot of people tell me I couldn't do I didn't have the right backing. I, I, you know, I didn't come from the right rich family to have that support, you know, because it does take some money to do what we do the right and to get a work out there. But I, I was always challenged with that thought. Um, I went to school for music originally. I studied opera and vocal performance in San Diego County area. And I stopped myself from pursuing that. I used to sing opera all over the place down there in Southern California and travel and enjoyed it very much so. But because I had someone say I couldn't, I held myself back. When I moved to Washington, I started developing a circle of friends and pretty much family now that have shown me that I can. I can. I went back to school and became a social worker on my own. I had a lot of friends that support me and do that. I got my bachelor's in social work within three and a half years um, while working full time. And I just kept writing on, on the side just for that therapeutic point of view. You know, just mm -hmm. to keep myself grounded because that's obviously very stressful. Um, I kept pushing a little bit. So, you know, 10 years ago, you might remember this, 10 years ago I talked about, okay, maybe it's time I start pursuing getting published. Yes, I remember that. And because and, and I knew you got work, your stuff published before, you and I talked about, oh, well, you know, maybe you need to. And I kept on putting it off every year and every year and every year. <laughs> and every year you and a few others were like, even if you others were like, uh, ahem, no, you're done every year. You have said every year. 
and got involved with the social media group, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. Right. I had no clue that, you know, we are not really in competition with each other. We no. work better as a unified group. And that's one of the things that I love the most about Rave Reviews Book Club is that their whole focus is everybody works together to support each other. I mean, I've, I've often felt with my writing um, that the more we help each other, the more we all succeed. And that's pretty much what Rave Reviews is all about. So I really, I'm a member right. also, in case you hadn't guessed. <laughs> and um, I really enjoy everything that this particular club does provide for us. So if any of you listening are an author um, and you're looking for some support and some some help in getting your work out there, getting it fine-tuned, getting it promoted, get onto Twitter or Facebook and find Rave Reviews Book Club, RRBC. Um, I think it would be one of the smartest moves you could make for yourself as an author. Okay, now Forrest, one of the things that I have felt about poetry is that it's a very personal thing that comes from deep within the poet because you're tapping into your your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions, your experiences. Now, would you, would you say that's true then? Yes. For myself, my work is based on observations, uh, things I've survived, things I've been through through my life, um, things I have witnessed politically. Uh, some of my poems, poetry works is very political in some ways. Um, and it's, they, if you pick up a copy of my book, you will see that. Um, our lives aren't just work and go home. You know, I think sometimes people forget that we wear many hats in our lives. You know, I am a proud gay man. I am turning 44 this month, and um, I, you know, I'm also having another birthday this month too. I'll be five years remission, hopefully, um, from gallbladder cancer. So, you know, my work is all about that. It's all about the struggles I had growing up, not fitting in. Um, I was raised in two different religions growing up. You know, one of them was Judaism, the other one was Roman Catholicism. Wow. Two very Polish. And yeah, look, you, you know, and I became a drag queen later on, so there you go. <laughs> 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 I often say, I often tell people I am the religious punchline because <laughs> of how I grew up. And honestly, you know, my house wasn't the most loving. Um, there was a lot of pain with all the individuals who lived in my house, even with my parents, that they never got to truly survive and, and deal with. Um, my dad's doing much better in life now, and I'm very proud of him and how far he's come. That's um, wonderful. But, you know, our house was not like that growing up. So that pain came out through my words. Um, my own identity, not knowing it was okay to be a gay man, a gay mm -hmm. teenager, that comes out in my blood. Um, seeing so much that we fought for as a community, 
you know, our, our rights to be able to marry who he loves, um, rights to be able to adopt a child, and have a loving home. You know, things that seem simple to most heterosexual couples, you know, those are things that are very important to us. That is in my poetry, because those are observations I have seen friends denied of all over the country being able to adopt a child that they've been fostering for five years because they're gay. And it's, we don't see a lot about that in the literary world, unfortunately. You know, there's a little gay romance novels out there, you know, there's gay versions of Twilight out there, but there's nothing that's really in depth. Um, but I've been able to connect her, um, especially with poetry. Um, that's usually what calls to me is other public works and stuff like that. I've never been a big uh, poet slam person. That's not my style. Um, but I have been challenged to uh, sort of doing that more so that my work can be more visual. Um, so I'm going to be working on that this year as well, which why my drag persona is going to take a little bit of a backseat. Who knows? Maybe Victoria will be reading my poetry. Who knows? So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, I did notice on your Twitter feed the other day that you, I think you're involved with some sort of a group that is basically a, a group of poets? There is, uh, I'm getting involved uh, with a couple groups. One is called the, Real, uh, the Reality Poetry uh, International, and they are a bunch of poets from all over the world. But again, kind of like RABC does, but specifically for poetry, to encourage us to continue our art and to continue our words and to bring it out there to the forefront so other people can experience them. You know, right. not much about poetry is to make sure that other people don't feel alone. Well, I think it's really wonderful that there are so many groups out there working with writers, especially something like poets, because I think that poetry is often very misunderstood and underrated. Very much so. And I think that if there is a group of really good poets who are willing to open their doors and invite people in and make them part of that family, I just think that's awesome. Poetry is something that I enjoy but at this point in my life, I'm just not very good at it, to be honest. Um, I like reading it, but I haven't written any poetry in a very long time. And I think a lot of that is because the poetry that I used to write was very traditional. And nowadays, poetry is just so many different formats and, and ideas and presentations. And I'm just too old to learn all this stuff. <laughs> well, you know, free writing has been something that's been coming up over the past 30 years, um, if not 40. You know, there is a traditional poetry circuit out there and stuff like that, but, you, you know, there was a genre of coffee club in the 70s and the 80s that they were free last poet writers, and they would the poetry slams and stuff like that with guitars and music and stuff like that um 
I, I think that poetry, if anything we wanted to be, there is no such thing, in my opinion, of being not traditional enough or too traditional enough. You know, to me, it's poetry is poetry. It's a, an expression of words that capture other people out there to make sure that they realize that they're not alone in the world. And they may be feeling angry about something. Here's confirmation that they have the right to feel that way. Right. right. Um, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I, I think it's really wonderful that poets are able to, if there's something going wrong in their life, if there's something that's troubling them, I think it's wonderful that they're able to bring that out and put that on the page so that the rest of us can not only see and understand whatever this issue was, but I think there's oftentimes when those of us who are dealing with something on our own can read a poet, read his work, or read a series of poems, and not only relate to it, but find some sort of peace or solace in the knowledge that somebody else dealt with the same thing and was able to speak about it so openly. And I think listening to some of the things that you have dealt with in your life, I'm guessing that being able to put that out in poetry maybe saved your sanity. Uh, I would agree with that. You know, as a social worker, I'm here to tell you that everyone is a little touched. (laughs) There is no completely sane person out there, unfortunately. We all have our trials and tribulations we deal with emotionally in our moods. But for me, poetry has been my voice to be able to reach out to others like me. And it's not just the gay community that I reached out to. I have had so many messages and emails and even heterosexual male uh, women and men going through divorce, going through abuses in their life and stuff like that, who were able to connect with my poetry um, about coming out. Because I think people forget, we all come out in one way or shape or form. It's not just about being gay or straight, it's about being who we are as individuals and being a human being and how we develop. Very true. Okay, I think we're going to take a few minutes for a break here. Um, If you're listening, please um, stay tuned. And if you're on Spreaker, um, feel free to leave a comment or two. If If you have any questions for Forrest or any comments on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So, Greg, take it away. This is G.E. Shaw, and you're listening to Ronnie and Friends. I'll be back in a few minutes. This is You and I by Zayna Lawrence. Stay a day, stay. 
Listening to Zayna Lawrence, you and I. And if you feel like partying, which a lot of us do, yeah, come on down to Party Town. This is Eugene Williams, Party Town.
Hello, this is GE Shaw once again. If you've been thinking about learning how to get into a new career dealing with podcasting, online radio, streaming radio, all the different names out there, you ought to try out my friends at Anchor. That's www.anchor.fm. They will they give you the best of everything for podcasting, especially people who just starting out. Unlimited free hosting, which means you don't pay for it. One-click distribution. And this one-click distribution gets you to all the major players out there. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, every platform out there. Anchor does all the work. Monetization for podcasts, something new that Anchor has just bought on. If you want your listeners out there listening to you, and they love listening to you, have them make a donation. That's Anchor. And you can record from everywhere. Anchor, www.anchor.fm. Check it out. You won't forget it. This is G.E. Shaw. Make sure This is G.E. Shaw. And we talk about Anchor. <laughs> and we're back with Ryan Deshaies and a good friend, Forrest. Take it away, Ronnie. You know, it's it's funny, Forrest, when we were on break, I was thinking, when you were talking about when you have something stressful going on, on in your life, you can just, you know, write it out in a poem. Yeah. Not being a poet, I don't really do that sort of thing. Being a fiction writer, however, if I'm having a really crappy day and I've got all of this negativity building up, I just get onto my laptop and kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you, you are definitely, I do love your writing, don't get me wrong, um, but it can be quite gory, yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, I do so many fiction writers who basically do the same thing. Yeah. Um, when they're having a bad day, man, I would not want to be one of their characters. <laughs> <laughs> But see, that's why the, the, their stories come out so well. And as long as they're putting it on paper and not in real life, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between homicidal ideation and creativity here. Exactly. Tell me, do you have any new writing projects in the works? I do, actually. I have two different sets of poetry works that I'm working on. One of them is called Bound. Um, this one is going to be a side of me um, that a lot of people have not dealt with on. <laughs> this one's a little bit more erotic and romantic. <laughs> um, a little bit more sexual. B-O-U-N-D, Bound? Bound, yes. Ooh, jinky. Okay. It, it, yeah, exactly. Yes, it is uh, definitely um, a reflection of, you know, past sexual exploits, um, fantasies. Um, you know, we all have those fantasies. You know, 50 Shades of Grey came out. Um, honestly, I was not a big fan of that work, but we all have those fantasies. I couldn't even watch the movie. I'm talking about the books themselves. I mean, I love it. Me, I know a lot of people enjoyed them. 
I did not read the books. Uh, my friend John and I uh, went to see the movies because, you know, we're kind of into that sort of thing at times. Right. So we, we did go to the movies, but I, you know, I was disgusted with the movie, first off. And when I, I did send away for the book many years ago when I first heard about it, and so I dug it out and I started reading it, and I was bored. I mean, yeah. when we saw the movie, it was, to, in, in my opinion, if I was going to give you my honest opinion, it would be this film was made by a straight man who has no real concept of what the scene is and what he's actually showing you is how it all works in his imagination because whoever was behind that film had no clue how it I all imagine done. him to be very vanilla and very burdened. Yes. For my leather yes. friends out there, you know what I mean by that. For lack of a better term. So, yeah, and I really could not, as a gay man anyway, I could not really identify with the character um, because it was very um, male-dominant, female submissive, you know, very 1950s control and stuff like that. And from how I grew up, that was a little bit too much for me. But we all have, let's be real though, we have all had our fantasies of either tying somebody up or being tied up ourselves and having our way with each other. You know, we've all had those fantasies where we've met somebody across the alley um, and had a picture of what could be like because we're just so turned on by the physical features of the person we're staring at, you know. For anyone to say they don't have such thoughts, well, honey, you need to, you know, I don't know what cocoa you've been drinking, but let's be real, we all have fantasies, we're all sexual beings, we're human. So that's what this book of poetry is about, and that should be out hopefully in the spring. Um, The other one is about, you know, my drag side of things, and it's called Memoirs of a Drag Mother. I know that some of my drag children out there are a little worried because they feel maybe I'm going to talk about stories about them in it, but, you know, I may or may not change their names, but this is poetry we're talking about and stories and, and, and work that we've all done together. So that's what, and, you know, that one's going to be a little bit more humorous as well. And I'm actually working on my first novel, non-poetry uh, book, that one's probably going to be much later in the year. Um, and it's called The Boy Who Couldn't Speak. Really? And, yeah. And that one's actually about me, kind of, in some ways, or aspects of me. Um, honestly, most of my writing is in aspects about me, but not totally things I have always lived through, but... Yeah, some of it is fiction, some of it is inspired by things that actually transpired in my life. Right, right. Growing up, you know, my life was very sheltered, and believe it or not, in some ways it was sheltered, in some ways it was completely open book, and there are things that, you know, I say I saw as a child that no one should see. Um, um, But... You know, I personally could not talk until I was four or five years old. Um, I talked gibberish. I I have a speech impairment. I do have some partial deafness in my right ear, which 
people think, oh, it's cute. He's one of those gay men with a list. Yeah, you know, it's not that cute. Honey. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of those fabulous moments. No. It's about, you know, my struggles from day one. Um, and the character's name is Felix. And she has a, there's an autistic twist with him. Um, and he's a superhero in some ways. Um, she's out to fight for other people when he himself is oppressed his whole life. But he continues to be there for other people and to save their lives and to inspire others and to empower others. And that's what this book is about. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, there is a book series written by a wonderful author by the name of Jan Sykes. And that is spelled S-I-K-E-S for any of you listening who might want to check this out. Um, she wrote a series of books that basically tell the story of when she was very young, meeting her husband, and then his conviction and very long time in jail for a crime he did not commit. Um, the book is called Flowers and Stone, and that's the first one in the series. And then there's more that follows their life together after he got out of prison, blah, 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 blah. Um, point being is that this is her life, but she has fictionalized it so right. that the characters do not have the names of herself and her husband, who, uh, by the way, was a phenomenal Texas musician. I will, I will put that in there. And uh, I guess he knew many country music legends, Willie Nelson and so on. So these books are, are phenomenal to read. Uh, if you guys out there listening like good romance, you got to read these books. And again, the author's name is Jan Sykes, S-I-K-E-S. And yes, it's my show, so if I feel like doing a plug for somebody, guess what? I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so she has an amazing support, too. Um, I just you. now started to get to know her on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, and I've actually been looking at some of her books uh, to start reading them myself. Just, you know, for the side, you know, for self-care and stuff like that. Yeah, um, maybe. She, she she's definitely an extraordinary woman. She is. So, is um, your, is your excuse me, going to be more, um... Ronnie. You, yes? Excuse me for a minute, I have a question. Okay. Um, this one is actually for my daughter. Okay. And she asked if... You guys know an author by the name of Julie Ann Peters? No, I can't say that I do. So she's a gay author who wrote stories of young lesbian girls' lives, troubles, and... I would have to check it out. I actually have not heard of her. Oh. Um, but it yeah, sounds like something I would look at and read. Uh, it would be an author that I ever read any work from because that kind of thing really just does not do it for me, to be honest. Uh, was an author by the name of Artemis Oakgrove who wrote a trilogy that I read back in the, I would have to say, late 80s, early 90s called the Throne Trilogy. And I will tell you, if you ever want to completely overwhelm your mind with so much wasteful dribble and crap writing 
and absolutely stupid plot, and that is stupid with two O's, thank you very much. By all means, we will come close I have, I, I think that that, ser- that that trilogy, and I read it because a friend of mine told me, oh, you got to read these books, they're just amazing. So, okay, I did. I will never get those hours back, first off, and if I ever met, met Artemis Oak Grove, I would probably pound her one, just because I can never get that time back. <laughs> and, and I honestly believe those books are probably what turned me off of anything to do with lesbian fiction, to be honest. Okay, well, I have some more information. <laughs> uh, There's some more information about this book. The name and the title of the book is Keeping You a Secret. And her name is Julianne Peters. So you might want to check it out. Oh! I would do that. And got some rave reviews too on this. Hmm. Nice. Awesome. Um, But anyways, Forrest, what I was going to ask you is, are you doing this kind of as a first person type of thing, or are you fictionalizing yourself in these books? Uh, Fictionalizing. Um, for those who actually uh, picked up, who, those who have actually read uh, Journey to Rainbow's End um, saw that at the end there was a short story where I actually did fictionalize um, myself. Um, the character was very much like me, um, experienced things similarly to how I experienced things. Not everything in that short story actually was true. Um, and hence fictionalizing the tense, but a lot of the experiences and the emotions behind and what happened to that character um, were definitely very much part of what I grew up with in, with in my life. And that's actually how I'm able to, I think, successfully, even through my poetry, is reach out to people and let them have be part of my voice. My voice isn't just for me, it's about everyone encouraging everybody to have their own voice. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you, I am definitely going to be looking forward to that novel when it comes out. Thank you. And I'm also going to check out this this book that Greg's daughter was talking about because, you know, it's been so long since I've read anything that was, well, like I said, since I've read anything that was written by a lesbian mother, um... And as long as we're doing that type of plug, I will tell you that not too long ago, I read a wonderful um, fiction novel by, um, oh, good Lord, now I can't remember his name, and I'm Facebook friends with him. Okay, I'll have to think on this and come back to him. <laughs> Is it one about Bernard? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. um, um, oh my goodness, and I, I can't remember, I'm drawing a complete blank. Never mind, we'll just move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I will definitely check out that book. I like reading all different kinds of books and all different kinds of genres. And um, I think sometimes reading books by different types of authors who have been through different experiences really helps broaden your perspective on the world. I, I have a, a friend, my co-host, on my my blog talk radio show that I do with Rave Reviews Book Club, um, Joy Nwoso Lobamjoko, who is from um, Africa. And so 
some of the things that I have learned from her and reading her books really just kind of show me what it's like to be in a completely different part of the world where being a woman is so different than it is in this country and I think in most countries. So I think reading, reading things to step away from ourselves a little bit and open up our perspectives is one of the best things I think about reading. I agree. I think it's very important for us to actually know that, you know, we're not going to go, uh, you know, I'll go to my Lord of the Rings story here. You know, people go to Lord of the Rings because they're trying to get away. Um, when you pick up someone else's point of view, you're able to learn so much about them, not, but you're learning more about yourself and how would you put yourself in the situation this person is experiencing through that writing. And... Yeah, Joy, I love the way, I just started reading one of her books recently, and she is great at capturing the imagery of what it's like to be in her shoes. I was able to empathize with a lot of her characters. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to picking it back up. But yeah, she I completely agree. And I'm gonna have to pick up that book too. Um, Ronnie, well, let me know where you find it at, too. Uh, I'll check Amazon now. All right. So, so tell me, Forrest, what kind of books do you like to read for pleasure? Oh, my. Um, I am a geek. <laughs> She's the fullest. Um, you would never know that through my poetry and through other walks of my life, but I am a geek. I am a fantasy geek. I love magicians and sorcery and stuff like that um that inspires me actually in a lot of ways and actually um helped me through much of my childhood when I was living the hell I was living um so yeah fantasy I actually also love you know one could say I'm an eclectic I love um Nicholas Sparks some of his novels, The Notebook. Um, because of my field of work, I could relate with the characters there as a provider. Um, my specialty as a social worker is dementia care and mental health. So that storyline was, there was a lot of truth to that storyline that Nicholas Sparks wrote. So definitely would recommend that for anyone dealing with that matter. Um, and there is Julia Alvarez, who I was reading her books um, when I was going to UW for social work. Um, and there's one book that I absolutely loved, and it's called In the Time of Butterflies, and it's a coming-of-age book of sisters and how they were coping with changing times in their, in their world and in their lives and in their family. And things that inspire cultural dissonance in my mind are things that really turn me on, for lack of a better term. You know, it's causing me to take pause and say, hey, wait a minute, I would never have thought of this. I would never, I couldn't imagine what they've gone through. You know, it puts relevance into some of the stuff I've been through, and I'm able to put aside some of my negativity that I do have sometimes uh, because of how I grew up. I'm able to say, hey, you know what? It could have been a lot worse. And the things that these people, these characters, I dealt with in their storylines, in their lifetimes, 
were much worse than what I've dealt with in some ways. So I'm, I, I loved that. Um, but Kite Flyer is also actually one of my biggest, one of my favorite books, honestly. And I did see the movie as well, but it, it was, The Kite Flyer was an amazing book. I didn't see that one. Have you ever heard of John Kennedy Toole? I have, I have heard of him. I have not read anything of it. He only has the one book, and I'll tell you something. If you like eclectic books, this is something you've got to read. It's called A Confederacy of Dunces. And Ooh. it was the most bizarre little story. But let me tell you a little bit, a little backstory here. Uh, he wrote this book, and then shortly after he wrote the book, before it was published, he committed suicide. Um, I guess wow. he struggled with depression for most of his life and just decided that, you know, life was no longer the place for him to be. So his mother yeah. then took this, this manuscript, and I guess she slept it around, because this was back before the Internet, you know, right. so she slept this book around uh, to publisher after publisher after publisher until she finally found somebody who would take it. And uh, I found out about this book, I want to say, in the early to mid-'90s, and it had been out for quite a while. It was recommended to me by a friend at work. And I'll tell you, this character, and I, I can't think of his name right off, but he is the most amazingly written, self-centered, arrogant, egotistical snot you would ever, you could ever possibly meet. He's written so perfectly. Wow. He's like 40 years old, lives with his mother, who waits on him hand and foot because it's what he expects. And even when she tries wow. to him do some things on his own for himself, he rebels and refuses to do it. Um, his mother eventually finds a boyfriend, and of course he has a problem with that because that takes time away from him. Um, I think his name is Augustus something. I'm not sure. Some, some sort of strange dude. But the book is called The Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. And it is a very, very interesting, very well written, but the whole plot line and the whole concept of this character is so bizarre. It just, I i am just in awe of this man for creating this book. It's just wonderful. I'll have to check it out. That sounds like definitely something up my alley. Um, sounds like he was, you know, based on what you said, it sounds like he captured millennialist before it actually became a thing. Yeah, he was <laughs> <a good book. laughs> Not that I'm going to speak ill of Melanilis tonight. Um, <laughs> I do have my opinions about millennials sometimes, so. <laughs> well, I think we're probably pretty much the same on that. But yeah, that's yeah. That really, now that you said that, I can definitely see that in there. But it is just an amazing book, um, and I, I strongly recommend it. I don't know, I, I just, you know, and it's funny, there's so many incredible books out there that you hear about as time goes by. There, I've, I've heard many people say it, so many books, too little time. Correct. You know? And then there's authors, especially, you know, we're part of a world of indie authors, you know, that is a thing. And mm -hmm. people, indie authors have been around for a long time, it's just, we're just becoming more prolific in the literary community now 
and partly really, you know, I hate to say it, I do things to social media in some ways. <laughs> Even though I'm not a big social media person myself, um, a proponent for it at least, you know, when it comes to people who are of independent arts, you know, writing, graphic arts, design, dance, what have you, social media has at least have been beneficial to that realm. Um, so, sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Well, and you're absolutely right about that. Social media has changed the world, I think, for indie artists, whether they're writers or musicians or whatever the case may be. I think your social media has definitely changed all of that for those who go indie, and I'm I'm very grateful for that because otherwise, I probably wouldn't be doing anything. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, I am looking at the time, and it looks like our time is almost up. we got a couple more minutes. Is there anything you'd like to say before we close? Well, sure. Uh, um, thank you for having me on your show and your, Ooh, your inaugural show. I'm very yeah. thrilled. Um, thank you both very much for having me be part of this. And, um, you know, for those who are listening, if you are interested in purchasing my poetic works, uh, the, my book is entitled Journey to a Rainbow's End, A Drag Queen's Odyssey by Forrest Robert Setnowski, and it's available on Amazon. And also, if any of you would like to find out more about his book and were not able to catch either the title or his name, feel free to contact us here um, at, at the show, and we can give you Forrest's information so that you can check out his book. I've read it, it's wonderful, and I, I do highly recommend it. Even if you're not particularly a poetry person, I think the, the insight that it gives you into this one person is definitely worth a read. Um, Forrest, thank you, thank so, you much. so much for stopping by tonight, and to those of you who are listening, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our very first show uh, we're going to be doing this about every other week. I think it's the first and the third Thursday of the month. Greg, is that correct? That's true. All right. The first and the third Thursday. I don't know who will be on with me next, but whoever it is, I'm sure it'll be fun to listen to. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say good night. And Forrest, again, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Greg, back to you. And we'll be back with Ronnie Zichay with some closing once comments. Time, this is Eden Moody, Once Upon a Time. She was her daddy's joy, she was her daddy's world. Life was playful, life was innocent, and life was pink. Anything she wanted was within her reach. Where did I go? Upon a time there 
flashing bright. She was fun and she was fit. She didn't worry a bit. Everything was going according to plan. She had her future and she had the man. Where did I go?
listening to now is Hypnotize with David Wolf, and we'll be closing up in a few minutes once this song ends. We're going to have Ronnie sing a few words after this. So, we'll be talking to Ronnie DeShay in about two minutes. And like always, you can hear in two weeks, she'll be back. But she will always be here every week with me, yours truly, Mr. G.E. Shaw. As we fight and battle and talk about everything in the world today. Don't miss out on that. This is G.E. Shaw, and this is Mixar Radio. And once again, you're listening to Hypnotize by David Wolf. You've got me hypnotized. Yes, I am hypnotized. Well, Ronnie, as we have approached the end of this first episode of Satellite Show, what are your thoughts? you have any closing thoughts? I'll tell you something. I'm just, I had so much fun tonight. I really did. And I'm so glad that there are people out there listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, if any of you that are listening are authors, uh, please feel free, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, to contact uh, Greg and I either through the platform here or on Facebook. We're both on Facebook. Um, just reach out to either one of us and let us know that you'd be interested in being a guest on the show and I'll be happy to bring you on. And you can locate me pretty easily on Facebook. Just look for G.E. Shaw Blog and Podcast Venue. That's G.E. Shaw Blog and Podcast Venue. And Ronnie? Yes. Do you have any location they want to look for you at? Well, uh, I'm on Facebook, Ronnie Deshay. That's R H A N I D 
the apostrophe C H A E because I know it's kind of hard to spell if you don't hear it. <laughs> uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter, same way. You can reach out to me either way, and I would love to hear from you. And uh, and one more thing, if you need to email us or can't contact us any other way, you can contact me at Gregory Upshaw underscore BP at live.com that's our show and network and my website's main email until then Ryan Deshay and Mr. Forrest and we're out of here this is G.E. Shaw and this was Ronnie and Friends up next it's just the whiskey taking talking that is I don't know I might be drunk myself now Listening to Ethel and the Shameless Hussies. It's just the whiskey talking. And this is G.E. Shaw, Mixer Radio, tonight. Letting you know we'll be back on Friday for Late Night with G.E. Shaw, which appears on 
Friday night and airs on Saturday night. Until then, this is G.E. Shaw. Ryan D. Shea and friends, have a good night.